Chapter 13 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brad Murphy. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 1, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 13. Of the use the Romans made of religion in giving institutions to their city, and carrying out their enterprises, and in quelling tumults. Here it seems to me not out of place to cite instances of the Romans seeking assistance from religion in reforming their institutions and in carrying out their warlike designs. And although many such are related by Titus Livius, I content myself with mentioning the following only. The Romans having appointed tribunes with consular powers, all of them, save one, plebeians, it so chanced that in that very year they were visited by plague and famine, accompanied by many strange portents. Taking occasion from this, the nobles, at the next creation of tribunes, gave out that the gods were angry with Rome for lowering the majesty of her government, nor could be appeased but by the choice of tribunes being restored to a fair footing. Whereupon the people, smitten with religious awe, chose all the tribunes from the nobles. Again, at the siege of Vey, we find the Roman commanders making use of religion to keep the minds of their men well disposed towards that enterprise. For when, in the last year of the siege, the soldiers, disgusted with their protracted service, began to clamor to be led back to Rome, on the Alban Lake suddenly rising to an uncommon height, it was found that the oracles at Delphi and elsewhere had foretold that Vey should fall that year in which the Alban Lake overflowed. The hope of near victory thus excited in the minds of the soldiers led them to put up with the weariness of the war and to continue in arms, until, on Camillus being named dictator, Vey was taken after a ten-year siege. In these cases, therefore, we see religion, wisely used, assist in the reduction of this city, and in restoring the tribuneship to the nobles, neither of which ends could well have been effected without it. One other example bearing on the same subject I must not omit. Constant disturbances were occasioned in Rome by the tribune Tarentillus, who, for reasons to be noticed in their place, sought to pass a certain law. The nobles, in their efforts to baffle him, had recourse to religion, which they sought to turn to account in two ways. For first they caused the Sibylline books to be searched, and a feigned answer returned, that in that year the city ran great risk of losing its freedom through civil discord, which fraud, although exposed by the tribunes, nevertheless aroused such alarm in the minds of the commons that they slackened in their support of their leaders. Their other contrivance was as follows. A certain Appius Herdonius, at the head of a band of slaves and outlaws, to the lumber of four thousand, having seized the capital by night, an alarm was spread that were the Equians and Volsians, those perpetual enemies of the Roman name, then to attack the city, they might succeed in taking it. And when, in spite of this, the tribunes stubbornly persisted in their efforts to pass the law, declaring the act of Herdonius to be a device of the nobles and no real danger. Publius Rubtius, a citizen of weight and authority, came forth from the Senate House, and in words partly friendly and partly menacing, showed them the peril in which the city stood, and that their demands were unseasonable, and spoke to such effect that the commons bound themselves by oath to stand by the consul. In fulfillment of which engagement they aided the consul, Publius Valerius, to carry the capital by assault. But Valerius being slain in the attack, Titus Quintius was at once appointed in his place, who, to leave the people no breathing time, 
nor suffer their thoughts to revert to the Territalian law, ordered them to quit Rome and march against the Volscians, declaring them bound to follow him by virtue of the oath they had sworn not to desert the consul. And though the tribunes withstood him, contending that the oath had been sworn to the dead consul and not to Quintius, yet the people, under the influence of religious awe, chose rather to obey the consul than believe the tribunes. And Titus Livius commends their behavior when he says, That neglect of the gods which now prevails had not then made its way, nor was it in then the practice for every man to interpret his oath, or the laws, to suit his private ends. The tribunes accordingly, fearing to lose their entire ascendancy, consented to obey the consul, and to refrain for a year from moving in the matter of the Tarentalian law, while the consuls, on their part, undertook that for a year the commons should not be called forth to war. And thus, with the help of religion, the Senate were able to overcome a difficulty which they never could have overcome without it. End of chapter 13